This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Your only son, no sin to hide, but you have sent him from your side to walk upon this guilty side and to become the Welcome, good neighbors. 
We're glad to have you with us here at six o'clock for Lenten service from Neighbors United in Christ. We'd like to uh, again remind you that during Holy Week we'll be having uh, uh, worship on Good Friday at Little Falls at 6 p.m. And at 7 o'clock Easter morning, we'll have a sunrise service. And at 9.30, a worship at Trinity Lutheran. And before that service, we also will be having uh, a breakfast that you all are invited to. Hope you can come and enjoy and celebrate the life and death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Today, I'm going to uh, move a little bit away from uh, the text that we've been doing because it's the text that maybe for me kind of puts it all into perspective when we've dealt with the seven last words. But let's begin with the invocation. As Lenten pilgrims on the way of the cross, we are gathered in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This Lent, we have our faces set for Jerusalem. It is a journey of purpose that will take us to the cross of Jesus. The way of the cross is also our journey of faith. Jesus in his suffering and death on the cross reveals the heart of God, a heart that risks everything for the sake of love, a heart open to the suffering of others, a heart alive with love that death could not hold. We come to the cross, to the heart of God. Bring your own heart as it is, hardened or cold, broken or empty, fearful or unfaithful. We come along the way in faith. We continue with the prayer of the day. Lord, we long for your kingdom. Even though we know that you always remember us, we still yearn for that peace that comes through the assurance that you are right beside us. And just as we forgive others because you have forgiven us, teach us to remember others as you remember us. Amen. The scripture reading is from Luke, the 22nd chapter. And he came out and went as was his custom to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. Father, if thou art willing to remove this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will but thine be done. And when he arose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The Gospel of the Lord. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me.
the night before Good Friday, or maybe we should say close to morning of Good Friday, we see Jesus and the disciples go to the Mount of Olives or to Gethsemane, the garden. And I have to admit, as I grew up, it was one of those pictures that we had in our house and I saw at different places where Jesus was knelt or kneeling and there was a soft glow around his head and it was a calm, peaceful look. And you thought, wow, that's a neat picture. Peace. Because as I've gotten older, that picture doesn't seem to hold. We start to see some things that go on at Gethsemane that were hard. And we start seeing that Jesus went through a lot that night and that morning. The disciples couldn't stay awake, so again he was starting to be abandoned. He again was starting to feel what was coming, and his humanity spoke. And I can't help but think that probably going back to the time when he started his ministry, and he went into the desert, and the devil tempted him, those temptations came very real. Satan was moving strong and hard. This was his biggest card to play. You know, Jesus, you don't have to do this. There's too much suffering. And for who? These folks? Why would you go and die for them? They don't care. And even if they do care, why should you have to do this? Why should it have to be you that's taking on their sin, things that they did? There's got to be an easier way you could command the angels. Remember that temptation? So he wouldn't get hurt at all? Remember the temptation that people would bow down and worship him? How are they going to worship a dead Jesus? They're not going to remember you, Jesus. But if you follow, follow me, I can give you all the kingdoms. The temptation was there. And Jesus felt it. He asked if that cup could be removed. But then that loud and clear sentence, not my will, but thine be done. Ego, that thing that holds us and wants us to survive, the fear of what might happen in our lives, the fear of suffering and pain, isolation, all those things came pouring in, but he stopped it in its tracks with that simple line, not my will, but yours. Those are important words for us to hear. It's important to us to Understand that Jesus went through a lot more than a peaceful situation and that dying on the cross was just some kind of act that happened and it really wasn't really true because after all, he was God. But he was human and he felt all the things that we feel, all the things. And you look at our world today and we see how much death and destruction and war and illness and hunger 
bore on that cross because of the results of sin. Separation from God. Sin. That cross was heavy. In fact, there's a lot of neat stories that a devotion I read recently where a guy went to uh, Germany to see the Passion play, and afterwards he uh, went down to see the actor who played Jesus, and he uh, talked to him a while and said how great it was. He was truly impressed, and then he saw in the back there was this cross that the actor had carried during the uh, closing scene, and so he told his wife, quick, he said, take a picture of me while I uh, take this cross and put it on my shoulders. To his great surprise, when he got there, he tried lifting it, it wouldn't even budge. It was two oak beams that were heavy. And he grunted and he grunted. He said, I thought the cross would be light. I thought it would be hollow inside. Why would you have such a heavy cross? The actor said, if I were to play Jesus, I need to know the weight of the cross. Sometimes maybe that's what we need to hear, isn't it? We need to hear the weight of the cross. What does this teach us? Reality of evil and sin in the world is horrible. It causes death and destruction. One of the stories from the Old Testament that uh, I remember when David decided he was becoming pretty powerful. And so he took a census of all the tribes and he was seeing how great and powerful and he was starting to do something that God had told him not to do but the ego was getting in the way. And so God sent a prophet and told him, David, this is wrong. And David kind of repented. He said, yeah, I guess, oh, shucks, you know, I shouldn't have done that. It, it wasn't. Then the hammer came down. You have a choice between three plagues. And David chose one of them, and when he saw what was happening, all of a sudden, his repentance became real. And it wasn't, ah, shucks, I did something wrong. He realized that what he did was against God's will. It was a slap in the face to God, and things had to change. He had to change. And he humbled himself and started to understand what evil does in our world. We need to understand what evil does in our world. My folks always, you know, they were conservative and there were things that sometimes they disagreed with that I thought, oh, that's foolishness. But one of the things they kept saying is, people are starting to lose what sin does. It's just not sin anymore. They're calling it an illness, they're calling it a disease, they're calling it a, a psychosis, they're calling it something else, but they don't just deal with sin. Now, on the other hand, there are things that are true that we have had to learn and grow in in understanding what's going on in the world. But we do have to understand that evil and sin are in the world, and it's making a difference. And it's not kind of an, ah, shucks, I shouldn't have done that. It's humbling ourselves and understanding the kind of depth that Jesus went through for us. Jesus had to pay a terrible price. The price was not pleasant. It's hard to watch 
we've seen the crucifixion in different films and movies and, and we kind of understand it. And it's terrible. There's nothing good about seeing death like that. To see humiliation, the disgrace and everything else that went on. But Jesus faced it because it was what God asked him to do. And it was to pay for our sin. So it wasn't just a terrible price. It was also a wonderful gift. A gift in which we now are called to live as freed people, pardoned people, people who now are forgiven. There was a doctor in Scotland that was known for his kindness and for his skill as a doctor. And he was in the rural area and he dealt with a lot of people. And finally, when he died, they went and went through his books and they found this one book that had all the bills and stuff that were there. But they noticed besides certain names, there was in red ink, forgiven, too poor to pay. Maybe that's who we need to, what we need to understand about ourselves. Forgiven, too pay, poor to pay. Jesus took care of it for you and me. So, as we go through Holy Work, Holy Week, and as we get ready for it, remember the terrible price, but the wonderful gift. Remember, forgiven, too poor to pay. Remember that evil is still in the world, but God is there even more. And God has stopped, and in Jesus Christ, stopped Satan's temptation that says, you can do it an easier way. Jesus says, no, not my will, but thine. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Huh, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we pray. That's what Jesus prayed. May we take whatever it is that we face, because sometimes, like that old picture of Jesus in Gethsemane with the glow around the head, the peaceful picture, we think, ah, that's what faith is, and that's what the life of a Christian is. But Jesus says, take up your cross. And it's not a light cross. Pick up your cross and follow me. Learn of Jesus. Yeah, there might be even a terrible price to pay for us at times. There are things that we might see that we don't want to deal with. But remember the wonderful gift. Forgiven. Too poor to pay. Amen. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. Thine own way, Lord, have thine.
Search me and try me, Master, today. Whiter than snow, Lord, wash me just now, as in thy presence, humbly I bow. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way, wounded and benediction may God who has called us forth from the dust of the earth and claimed us for Christ in the waters of baptism strengthen you on your Lenten way to the cross almighty God father son and holy spirit bless you now and forever go in peace and serve the Lord thanks be to God Jesus, keep me near the cross, there a precious fountain, free to all a healing stream, flows from Calvary's mountain. In the cross, in the cross.
Thank you for listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time.